You've been listening to amazing music here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up next, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast here at NahumSiegel.com.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matas Weingast. Today is the 22nd of May in the year 2022. 5-22-22. It's the 21st day in the month of ER. And uh, we are here with you, and you are here with us. Glad you could join us today on this fine morning. And whatever time it is where you are, it's 74 degrees outside of our studio, going up to a high of 91 degrees. We had a a high yesterday also in the 90s on Shabbos, partly cloudy today, and uh, going down to 69 degrees. In Jerusalem, 72 degrees right now, going down to 58 degrees overnight. If you're studying Dafyomi, it's Yuvamos, Ayin Vav, 76. Today is the 36th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, please do so sometime today. And you can continue there. Today is a uh, very big day in the New York area and around the world, actually, but certainly in the New York area. It's a great day to uh, to be Jewish and to be proud of being Jewish. It's the Celebrate Israel Parade taking place starting this morning at 11 o'clock, 11.30. Uh, up Fifth Avenue in New York City. And uh, of course, of course, of course, the Nachum Siegel Network is the place, the only place, unless you're, of course, at the parade, but even if you are at the parade, <laughs> the especially, I guess, if you're at the parade, anyway, uh, the place to hear it and see it, if you're not actually there, is right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And, of course, that is... Uh, that presentation is sponsored by the Rothenberg Law Firm. So uh, please make sure that if, for whatever reason, you're not at the parade, you can watch and listen in right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and the NSN app. That starts this morning, 1130. Uh, and uh, very, very exciting. So we look forward to that taking place. Now, of course, if you're at the parade, you're going to see Nachum and the entire company because they're going to be... Uh, they're going to be at the parade, and uh, yep, it will be uh, it'll be very exciting. So it's going to include, of course, video and audio coverage of the parade, special guest interviews, uh, and uh, they're going to be set up at 64th and 5th. So uh, you can go there uh, as you go up there. You can see them and wave. 11:30 to 4 o'clock today is when they're officially going to be. Broadcasting there, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, again, as I mentioned, this year's parade broadcast sponsor is the L- Rothenberg Law Firm. 
Uh, and this is the first time in a couple of years that it's been uh, it's going to be live, and there's actually going to be a parade coming out of the pandemic. So uh, that's taking place again, as I said uh, today. So make sure to keep it tuned. Uh, in the second hour of today's show, about eight fifteen. We're going to be joined by Ambassador Danny Danone. He's the former ambassador to the United Nations from Israel. And we're going to talk about his recently released book, In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. So that'll take place in the second hour of today's show. In the meantime, we're going to be playing a lot of music, as we always do. Hope you enjoy it. And I always say, I hope you had a great Shabbos and a great week that passed. And we look forward to uh, to starting off this week with you. And we're going to start off today's show with Eitan Katz right here on JM Sunday. Come. Um. 
Rauchen der Lewune, der Kavune, Anachune, zu dem himmlischen Matune, dem Geschank, Schank, Schank, bei Yom HaShishi, Vehaichini, Eisa Shedjuvi. Bespielten die Eumulen, dem was ich frisch habe, Schule, mit was ich schön, dem Machule, mit Gesang, Sang, Sang, komm, schlufen, geil, oder steil, mit Not gut frei. Mit Wart schön, eine ganze Woche, leihe Shishi, jedoch keine Lied. Arukas, geide, du lässt ja, Thank <laughs> you.
תזכור מי הגדול מכולם, במקום להתרתח, נשום עמוק להתמתח, במקום להתעצבן, על האמונה להתאמן, במקום לראות שחור, בחצי המלא לבחור. במקום בדיכאון לשקוע, לזכור שמכל ניסיון אפשר לגבוה, כי השם קובע את המצב, ואתה את מצב הרוח. אז תודה לך המכתב, שהעיר ונקנית כמו כוכב, שנתן את הרוח כמו הדיו על הלוח בין החיים. אז תודה לך. We heard from uh, Mayor Hajbi, and before that, uh, Yuval Dayan, Srilik Rosenthal, Mati Ilowitz, and Eitan Katz began today's show following Modani by Regesh, right here on JM Sunday. On the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Matis Weingast. Glad you could join us. Rabbi Goldwasser coming up in a minute. And uh, the news from Israel with Hannah Julian will be up at uh, 8 o'clock this morning. Followed by, at around 8.15, uh, my uh, discussion with uh, Ambassador Danny Danone. He just published a new book in the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. He's the former ambassador to the United Nations from Israel. Great book. So... Uh, We'll talk about that, starting at about 8.15. Today is uh, the Celebrate Israel Parade, and uh, that is going to be starting at 11.30 this morning. And, of course, the place for you to uh, to watch it and uh, listen to it and listen to all the sights and, and listen and see all the sights and sounds is right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, because Nachum and... Uh, his crew will be broadcasting live from the parade. So if you're not actually there, uh, you can listen and watch what's going on right here on the network at NachumSiegel.com and the app. This year's uh, parade broadcast sponsor is the uh, Rothenberg Law Firm. So uh, 
Yeah, that broadcast is beginning at 11.30 a.m. right until 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, if you're at the parade, great. Make sure that when you get to around 64th Street and 5th, 64th and 5th, you'll see Nachum. Make sure to wave and uh, see what exciting guests he'll have today and see what uh, he'll be doing. So that's taking place starting at 11.30 right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, now, of course, I did say to you that we have Rabbi Goldwasser coming up right now. <laughs> I did promise that. <laughs> little, uh, you know, on-air work here. Uh, yep, so at this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, L'zecha nishmas harav zebri yabasev alevi, and L'zecha nishmas ester basher yabasev alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Bereshis, Nasa adam b'tzalmenu kidmuseinu, Hashem said, let us make man in God's image. As we understand, each of us is a living, breathing Tzalem Elohim. We are all in the image of God. In order for us to do our Avodos HaKodesh, the service of Hashem, we have to have instilled in us a great sense of self, a healthy self-esteem. The Chavetz Chaim once went into a yeshiva, and he said, Napoleon said to his soldiers, whoever does not believe that he could grow to be a general can also not be a regular soldier. The Chavetz Chaim continued, Whoever doesn't believe that he could become a Godel Ador or that she could become a great Torah leader also cannot be a Yeshiva Bachar or a Beis Yaakov student because an individual is obligated to believe that they could reach the highest level. They could reach to near perfection in their daily lives. We have a similar idea expressed in the letters of the Chazonish, that the in-between person, the individual that feels that he's not great, but yet he's not bad. The Ramban writes on the Pasuk, Betach Pashem, trust in Hashem, Tov, and do good. It comes to tell us that the Bitochon, that a person will trust in Hashem, will help him to do all of the mitzvahs, like it says, that the individual be helped and supported in doing good. It's comparable to two enemies. If one of them begins to feel bad and their spirit falls, they feel that perhaps they won't be matzliach, that they will not be successful in war. Certainly, that person will lose. If every general before war enters into a state of depression or feels bad that maybe they will not be able to win, certainly the war is already lost. The same is true in Avodos Hashem. A person always has to try to be inspired, to lift themselves up, to know that their Eurydice and the Philos that many times in life a person may feel that they're going down. But in truth, it may be a Yerida L'Tzorech It may be that just today I feel a little bit down. But because of that, tomorrow I'm going to shoot for the stars. 
This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Mayafit, Mayafit, Umanaat, Umanaat, Mayafit, Umanaat, Ahava betanugi, Mayafit, Mayafit, Umanaat. My feet, my feet, my Natan lechalayla Yareach nei Kshesheme shakala 
תביט בכוכב אחד שרק מזכיר שהצלחת להתגבר על כל מכשול דברים שעברת להיות קרוב זה מה שחלמת
נאמר די לשנאה, לכל המלחמה, הנשמה שבויה זועקת. אולי נמצא פינה, ניצוץ של אהבה, בתוך ליבנו אש בוערת. ובין כל הגלים, מתוך כל השברים, יפציע אור שיחדור אל חיינו. פיתחו השערים לכל אותם שירים, גוונים יפים יצבעו עולמנו. אלוקים זועקים, רק אליך. בסוף נראה רק טוב, הלב ירגיש קרוב, בכינו בכינו, לבטח פתאום הוא יתגלה, הכל פה ישתנה, חזקנו חזקנו, שמפרידות בינינו גם פניות צבקות
יפים טובים אלה, מתוקים כאלה, ועל כל הקשיים שמתנגשים בדרך, מתנפצים כמו סרט, ועל כל השירים שנכתבים במלחמות, הם אותם הדברים שנותנים את הכוחות. וכשהכל מסתדר, ויבוא גם השלום עלינו, עם הניסים החקר, נחיה ביחד עד הסוף. וכשהכל ייגמר, ויבוא גם השלום עלינו, עם הניסים החקר, נחיה ביחד עד Thank you. 
Elba is here on JM Sunday. We heard from Barack Grossberg, Avram David, Itzik Eschel, Moshe Silver, Martin Werdiger, Dudi Kalish, and uh, Barrio. That is the music from the last half hour following morning chizik by, with Rabbi Goldwasser. Today is the 22nd of May, 21st of ER. If you uh, didn't count the Omer last night, today is day 36. Please do so sometime today. It's uh, going to be a hot day in the New York City area, but uh, if you're going to be part of the Celebrate Israel Parade, it's going to be a nice day. <laughs> and uh, that starts 1130 right here. If you're not actually at the parade right here, broadcast begins on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, the NSN app. You can watch and hear what is going on at the parade. That'll be from 1130 until 4 o'clock with Nachum and his crew and special guests. So make sure that... Uh, you plan the day around that if you're not actually going to be at the parade. And if you are at the parade, Nakam will be at the 64th and 5th. You can go say hello and wave as you march by. Special thanks go out to this year's parade broadcast sponsor, the Rothenberg Law Firm. And we thank them very much for sponsoring the parade today. So we're going to be here for another hour. News from Israel coming up in a moment. At about 8.15, I'll be joined by a former ambassador to the United Nations from Israel, Danny Danone. He has a new book out called In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. We'll talk to him about that. And uh, we are going to then be here until 
9 a.m. Eastern Time this morning. Great programming all day long, right up until the um, the Celebrate Israel Parade, which is the highlight of the day. So that's 11.30 a.m. here on uh, on the network. Uh, at this time, uh, it's it, actually, I should say, it's time for our news from Israel. Shana Julian, the Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Chana Julian. Good morning, Matis. The Israeli Health Ministry says there's a second suspected case of monkeypox in the country. One person was diagnosed with the virus this weekend. He's a 30-year-old man who recently returned from a visit to Europe. He's hospitalized in isolation at Tel Aviv's Ichalov Medical Center, and he's reported in good condition. The second case announced this morning is that of a 27-year-old man. He was working on a cargo ship in the port of Ashdod, but he recently visited Europe as well. That patient is being treated at Barzilai Medical Center in Ashkelon. He's also reported in good condition. The Pandemic Management Committee of the Health Ministry met last night to discuss the current worldwide monkeypox outbreak. Dr. Arnon Shahar is a member of the Health Ministry's Pandemic Management staff. He said there's no concern about the virus developing into a pandemic like COVID-19. However, he said Israeli medical personnel must act in a focused and cautious way to deal with this virus. The incubation period for monkeypox is about 21 days. Symptoms can last from two to four weeks. And for more information about the virus, check out the CDC website. Speaking of COVID-19 and other viruses, the mask mandate on international flights to and from Israel is being dropped at midnight tonight. The requirement to take a PCR test for COVID-19 upon arrival at Ben Gurion International Airport also was dropped this weekend. In addition, Israelis will no longer need to take a PCR test before getting on the plane to come home. Non-citizens traveling to Israel can take a rapid antigen test within 24 hours of departure. Israeli citizens are not required to test overseas at all before getting on the plane to fly home. However, there's some bad news along with all this good news. LL Airlines is still having a problem with labor disputes, and the problem has resulted in a number of flight cancellations. Flights to Dubai, Italy, Austria, Germany, Georgia, and elsewhere were canceled last week. Israel's Channel 12 News says more cancellations may be ahead as well. LL pilots are fighting for higher salaries, and the pilots' union is been behind those cancellations. The pilots say they're working twice as much as their global counterparts, but they're earning only half as much. They're claiming they make less than a crane operator in the ports of Ashdod and Haifa. The airline, for its part, says it's been trying to negotiate with the pilots, but they're not interested in talks. In other news, the White House has reportedly told Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's office that President Joe Biden still plans to visit Israel next month. And that's despite the current political turmoil in the government. Two members of the coalition have jumped ship in recent weeks, and that has left the Bennett-Lapid government with a minority of just 59 seats in the Knesset with 120 lawmakers. Israeli and U.S. security officials are still continuing to make 
make plans for Biden's visit. He's set to meet with the Prime Minister and with President Isaac Herzog when he gets here. He'll then go to Bethlehem to meet with Palestinian Authority leader Mahmoud Abbas. In New York, a speaker with a history of anti-Israel statements gave the commencement speech at the City University of New York last week. Nerdine Kizwani spoke last weekend at the CUNY School of Law. Kizwani is the creator of the pro-Palestinian group Within Our Lifetime. According to Canary Mission, the group is dedicated to the complete destruction of Israel. On the good news front, a new exhibit at the Jewish Museum of Greece confirms that Jews have been in the country since the 4th century BCE. The exhibit showcases ancient inscriptions proving Jewish origins in Greece. One of the Greek inscriptions discovered near Athens refers to a freed slave from Judea. The exhibit is co-organized and co-hosted by the Epigraphic Museum in Athens. It's open to the public until February. February 2023. A quick look now at the weather. We have gorgeous weather here today, mostly sunny skies with the highs in the mid-70s, dropping just a bit tonight into the 60s. And for the rest of the week, bright sun and clear blue skies with moderate temperatures right through to next Shabbat. Have a great week, everyone. Shavuot Tov. Stay healthy and stay safe. I'm Hannah Julian for JM Sunday. That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's uh, 8.06 a.m. Eastern Time here uh, on the Nachum Siegel Network. And where we are in about uh, 10 minutes, we'll be joined by a former ambassador to the United Nations from Israel, Danny Danone. We'll talk about his new book, a little bit of music until we get to him. And then uh, we're here till 9 o'clock today. If you have any questions that you want to ask or would you like me to ask, Ambassador Danone, feel free to add it to the app. Go in the uh, NSN app and ask a question. We'll try to get it right to him. So uh, please feel free to do that. Thanks to uh, listener Yaakov, who um, said good morning to us and want to wish a happy anniversary to his sister and brother-in-law, Pessy and Yisrael, Moshe Dan, and may they only see simchas and nachas from their kindalach. Amen. Here is Benny Friedman with Yama right here on JM Sunday.
שעוברים הימים, ככל שארוכים הלילות, זוכר לך עשן נעורים, זוכר לך אבת כלולות, איך הלכת אחרי מדבריות. כשהגיעו זמנים שהיו לנו מרים, ולא יכולנו לרבות צימוננו, ביקשנו עצות לחיים טובים, להמתיק איתן כל הבנותינו, והאמונה שאירה דרכנו עודנה נושבת. ועד עולם תמשיך גם אם לעיתים נרגיש שהנה עוד רגע ותוסיף להשיב נפשנו אל גן העדן ולחדש אותנו באמת. ככל שדוהרות השנים, ככל שנשחקות התפילות, לא אשכח המילים שלחשתי שם בחולות, כשנשבעתי לך כל השפועות. כשנפרצו החומות ונסתכלו הכל, ולא הצלחנו להשקיט ליבנו. נאחזנו בצד של החיים הטובים, להביא מזור לכאבנו, והאמונה שאירה דרכנו עודנה נושבת. ועד עולם נמשיך תמיד לעיתים נרגיש שהנה עוד רגע. Benny Landau here on JM Sunday with Ked, and before that, Benny Friedman, a host of Benny's, <laughs> here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast 
with you. Glad you could join us this morning, and uh, we certainly appreciate your being here. Uh, we don't forget, today is a great day in New York and around the world, of course, to be Jewish and celebrate Israel with the Celebrate Israel Parade that will be taking place up Fifth Avenue um, starting at uh, 11.30 this morning with um, with broadcasting right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. That's right. If you want to know what's going on in the parade and you're not there, actually, you can uh, watch and listen to the sights and sounds of the parade because Nachum will be broadcasting with his crew and special guests at uh, the Celebrate Israel Parade starting at 11.30 right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsiegel.com, the NSN app, taking place 11.30 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time today. Special parade broadcast sponsor. We thank the Rothenberg Law Firm. Thank you so much for sponsoring today's great uh, great program. Uh, well, let's see. <laughs> Uh, I hope I have uh, all this set up here. Uh, the former Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danone, served from 2015 to 2020. And uh, he just published a book. came out last week. It's called In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. Very, very great book. And uh, I want to say good morning and welcome to JM Sunday to Ambassador Danny Danone. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me today. It is an absolute pleasure and an honor. Thank you for joining us. It's a, it's, I'm going to start off with the parade, if you don't mind, because I know that you've been a part of it for many years. So uh, how, how do you feel today on a day, and you've walked up that, uh, that parade route many times, f- seeing tens and not hundreds of thousands of people coming out to celebrate and support Israel? Well, it, it's exciting. It was always exciting, but especially now, uh, after COVID, you know, uh, we come back together, marching together. You know, when always I served at the UN, I told my colleagues that Israel is so strong and we achieved so much in short 74 years because of the special bond we have with our brothers and sisters in the diaspora. And today they will get to see that in action. You know, when the streets of New York uh, will be in the color of blue and white, dozens of thousands of people will march supporting Israel. You know, it's unique. You know, yesterday I I was in the city, I saw the Turkish parade, I saw a few hundred people. Uh, And today it will be an amazing day uh, with amazing support for Israel. Absolutely. Uh, I am sure that you wish, and we'll get into the book in just a minute and and your whole uh, time in the United Nations, but I'm sure that you wish that there'll be a time in the near future where you could have some of the ambassadors that you had to deal with and you became friendly with it, that you would be surprised if they were in the parade. I'm sure you would love if they were in the parade marching with you. Absolutely. You know, when I, I say that the UN for five long years, I, I actually marched with ambassadors, but there were a few Muslim ambassadors who told me, Danny, we cannot come with you, but we are with you. Right. And that was before the Abraham Accords. And now when we have the Abraham Accord, I don't think, you know, they will march, but we are getting there. We are getting there to a place where Israel has 
uh, many, many friends that publicly acknowledge the great bond between us. Absolutely. Uh, so let, let's tackle the book, because uh, that's the primary reason that we're here. And you just published this book last week. It came out on the 17th in the Lion's Den. It is absolutely amazing. If you could see my copy of the book, I have about 100 post-it notes, because I read all books cover to cover before I do an interview. And it's it's absolutely fascinating. So it's a memoir about your time primarily in the United Nations, the five years, 2015, 2020 as ambassador. But it's not just stories of what happened there. There are plenty of stories. There are plenty of anecdotes. There are plenty of things. It's to me, and please tell me if this makes sense, on a deeper level, it is about you. And you bring in your background, your life lessons, uh, how your life experiences have affected you, and how you then translated those things into how you dealt with your time in the United Nations. Is that a fair way of saying it? Yeah, absolutely. I would add to that that you know I, I tried to also speak a little bit about the vision and the future. Yes. You know, like you mentioned, my background, my personal uh, background, my experience in government, and then when I had to, for example, when I had to deal with BDS myself, you know, I spoke about how I dealt with that, and also I always speak about what we can do in the future in terms of building uh, bridges with countries, fighting anti-Semitism. And I think anyone who loves Israel or is an advocate for Israel will find it very, very helpful to, to learn from my experience, uh, you know, where, what you can do when you go to college and you, and you face anti-Semitism and BDS, uh, what you can do when you, we see the media attacking Israel. Those things will, will not disappear. They will stay here, and we need to know how, how to challenge them and how to fight back. Absolutely. I will get back to the BDS and the name-calling and apartheid and all that in a few minutes. Uh, I, I want to ask you this. You know, People will ask you, and I try to ask different questions than what maybe the general uh, interviewers will ask you, but you know, this one applies to, to almost anybody who thinks of the United Nations. We have a, or some have, a knee-jerk reaction to vilify the United Nations, to say that it's uh, something we should not be a part of, or at least Israel shouldn't be a part of, maybe even the United States, that it's not the place to be. Uh, am I correct from reading your book that you would not agree with that? Well, you know, I, I think in the book I, I speak about the U.N., from few perspectives. It's, it's a hostile playground. They're anti-Israel. But I was able to also to win at the UN, bringing yes. you know, Jewish tradition into action, Israeli technology, and bringing hundreds of ambassadors to visit Israel. I was capable of actually you know, winning at the UN. You know, I tell the story when I decided to run for a position for the chairmanship of the legal committee. You know, it was mission impossible before I made it happen. <laughs> And I became the first Israeli uh, ever to chair a UN committee for a year, and for the, a great experience for me, and a great, a great kavod, a great pride for the state of Israel. So um, I think, despite all all the things we know about the UN, we are a full member state. Uh, we can do everything like every other nation, and that's the approach I think we should take. You ab- absolutely. You mentioned in your book things that you accomplished there, and it ties into your 
to your vision of being at the UN. You mentioned that, among other things, it might seem minor, but I, I think it's pretty major. You introduced kosher food to the United Nations. You introduced the Yom Kippur as a holiday, an official holiday, not just to be you know nice and included like other uh, communities and, and religions have their days represented, but it also shows relevance. And as you've described many times, it puts Israel on the daily map. Uh, buying from Israel, for instance, you have a whole section on, on uh, procurement to the United Nations of Israeli products. And like you just said, you became a committee chair of one of the most important uh, committees, one of the six committees uh, that are there. So you did this and and made Israel more relevant to everybody at the United Nations, made Israel more real on a day-to-day, one-to-one basis. And that seems to be your outlook, that if you do those type of things, you can really get ahead uh, in many ways. Absolutely. And I think we have to understand, you know, we are not doing it overnight. We have to wake up every morning and keep up the, the fight. It's a marathon. And that's what I did at the UN, selling Israeli products. Uh, bringing Israeli experts to, to support the peacekeepers uh, all around the world. Uh, and we gained a lot of respect. You know, people respect uh, our technology, our know-how. Uh, and I also I said a little bit about the future, that we can do more. Today, Israel is a strong country with a strong economy. We are capable of helping more developing countries. We believe in Tikkun Olam. And for the future, you know, I believe we can invest and we should invest more in developing countries. Uh, especially when you Israel has such amazing technology, and you do talk about the clean water uh, programs that have, were brought out to uh, the, the African continent and many other countries around the world, the rapid response to medical and rescue situations that, unfortunately, the media doesn't always cover. Uh, you know, Israel, as you mentioned, was, was first uh, down in Mexico a couple of years back, and... Uh, and in Haiti, uh, again, unfortunately, we don't get the um, the PR out enough, and and some of the media are not very um, positive towards Israel, I guess. So that makes a difference, but that's extremely important. Uh, you're absolutely right on that, uh, but I I think you know we don't need to get the credit all the time. You know, I, I you know I came from a, a system in Israeli parliament that you know, like every politician, you have to get credit every time mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, I learned in diplomacy that you can do things without getting credit, but in the long run, you know, it serves the the cause, it supported the Jewish people, the state of Israel, and many of the things I describe in in the book for the first time, you know, I never get to credit for them uh, because I thought it was not helpful. So, you know, whether it's the connection with the Muslim ambassadors, moving the embassies from Guatemala to Honduras to Jerusalem after the U.S., uh, a lot of things we did quietly, uh, and I learned myself also that um, it's very important to to realize that you can get uh, a lot of satisfaction from actually doing things behind the scenes. Yes, there are. Uh, I don't want to give too many things away, but you mentioned a particular case where. Uh, an ambassador said something publicly that was terrible, and you called him out on it. And eventually, he came to you and uh, and uh, apologized. And you said to him, because your your methodology is not the same as other diplomats. You basically said to him, "Don't apologize to me sitting here in my office, but go out on the public floor at the same place that you uh, you made the vilifying statements and make that apology." And, and that's the way to do it, you know. Uh... 
you don't have to be a diplomatic all the time to be a successful diplomat. Right. Uh, you know, I recall <laughs> when, when the French ambassador actually put up a, a resolution to send inspectors to Jerusalem, international inspectors to the Temple Mount, because, you know, we had riots there, like, you know, almost every year we have issues during the month of Ramadan. And my reply to him was, you know, now you have riots in the streets of Paris, you know, with the yellow vests, demonstrations, the yes. social groups. Maybe we'll send those uh, inspectors to, to France, not to Israel. And he was shocked. But, <laughs> but I think that is the, the way to approach it. But when you tell people exactly what you think about uh, their ridiculous comments regarding Israel. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I think most people will think of the uh, the diplomatic corps as, as very um, you know proper and prim and and you have to act in certain ways and watch every single thing that you say all the time. Uh, you you definitely were you're, you're capable of that and you did that, but you also took the approach of, for instance, in one of the chapters of the book, Israel has to go on the offensive, and you have to be out there and. Uh, not shy away from uh, two things. One is answering your critics, but more importantly, it seems that you did not shy away from offering your hand to as many people as possible to get them to say hello to you and to work with you. You know, I, I think, you know, you have to be passionate. Uh, and that's also a lesson for life, you know, passionate about what you're doing. And when you bring that passion into action, you know, the, the sky is the limit. And, and that's what happened to me. I was very passionate. I'm always passionate, but, you know, I reached out to many, many ambassadors, uh, became friendly with them, uh, and I was capable of achieving uh, great things for the state of Israel. Uh, and I think overall, we need to realize that, you know, we like to think that everybody's against us. It, it's not the case. You know, when you look at the media, that's the feeling you get. But when you actually narrow it down, you know, even, you know, when you look at the Arab League, you know, which is the most hostile body at the UN mm. who is actively against us among member states. You look inside the Arab League, and that's what I did. You see that it's not black and white. You know, we have countries like Egypt, Jordan, UAE, Morocco, Bahrain, that we have official peace agreements. And you have a few more that we are working with them quietly. So things are changing for the for the good for Israel. And, and it's amazing because in the last few years, I'm sure you couldn't have even imagined it years ago, the uh, the number of Arab countries who and Muslim countries who have been open about the uh, relationship with Israel. I mean, having daily, uh, weekly flights to UAE, it's just, uh, you know, those things we couldn't even conceive of, even behind closed doors years ago. Uh, Danny Danone, Ambassador to Israel from 2015 to 2020, is my guest this morning. The new book is In the Lion's Den. Uh, you just mentioned about working with other people, it, it, other ambassadors. It must, though, have been um, somewhat... Uh, I don't know if disappointing is the right word, but that there are people who would say to you, we wish we could support you. They say that to you behind the scenes, but in public they couldn't. Uh, how did you deal with that personally uh, in that in that sense? Well, first I have to admit it wasn't easy for me at the beginning, you know, because i give you an example. When I hosted a Muslim ambassador from an Arab country for a Shabbat dinner, we had a beautiful Shabbat with the families and and the following Monday, when I met him at the hall of the UN, he was with a group of people, and he didn't acknowledge me. And, mm. and he called me afterwards. He said, Daniel, you know, I, I saw you. I couldn't thank you for the beautiful dinner we had. But, you know, I was with this group, and it was a problem. Uh, you know, I understood it, but I, I pushed back. And I said, listen, 
you know, the day will come and, and we can do things uh, publicly. And, and it happens, even with the UAE, you know, we used to, to meet in, in different locations in order to promote uh, our efforts against Hezbollah and, uh, and Iran. Uh, and look what's happening today. You know, I, I flew in 2016, I tell the story in the book, how I flew to the UAE and it was very complicated uh, and they made sure nobody knew about that. And now you have 14 flights a day from Tel Aviv to Dubai. <laughs> that's, so, it's amazing. So that, that's what I, I, I mean when I speak about the future. I think we can do a lot of things with those countries. Uh, but yes, we should we should push back and ask them and push them to actually uh, acknowledge the importance of the relationship between us. Right. And uh, in your book, you mentioned a lot of stories about your working with some smaller countries, countries that are ex- always stand with Israel. And uh, and you work those relationships and you, you spent the time doing that. But it's very interesting in reading through the book, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is it fair to say that Israel seems to be a pawn between many sides in the United Nations, many countries, not just because there are those who like Israel or don't like Israel per se. It's, it seems that many deals are made with Israel in the middle, even if not directly attacking Israel. Like one country might want to do something, but then a detractor of Israel would say, well, don't support that because uh, then it's like you're supporting Israel. But then the country will say, no, I'm doing it anyway because I have a strong tie to Israel. Uh, so is Israel like a major pawn being pulled on both sides, on 10 sides? Well, first, you know, when you look at the agenda of the UN, you see, you know, that Israel is in the center. <laughs> and I was never happy about it. You know, we are, we are very proud to be a, a startup nation and a strong democracy. Right. You know, we are a tiny nation, 9 million people, with all the respect to ourselves. But still, you know, <laughs> almost every week you're going to have something about Israel at the UN. <laughs> in one hand, you know, I wasn't happy about it. There was a lot of pressure. On the other hand, you know, it put us in a very interesting position, and I knew how to leverage it. Many times people would come to me with requests and ask me, Danny, can you speak with, with uh, Ambassador Nikki Haley about this issue or that issue? So, you know, I think if you run a, a survey at, at the UN today about uh, the 10 most important countries in the world, we will be in the top 10. Even when you look at the at the criteria, as you know, in terms of economy, population, uh, military, you name it, we are not there. But 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 the, because the people speak about Israel so much, people think that we are very very powerful. Right, absolutely, and uh, you know it must it's it's frustrating. I'm sure one day someone could be your friend, the next day not. But one thing that we also get from your book that your philosophy is is a, a number of things. Like I said before, you are uh, direct and quick when you expose the critics. You don't wait for a better time to do something. Um, you stated, you wrote about a number of situations where someone said something, you went right out there and dealt with it. it. may not be as diplomatic as some of your staff might have wanted or others, you know, in other parts of the government might have wanted, but you felt this is what you do. You bring it from your background and you speak the truth. And uh, such as, of course, want to mention the, famous Bible speech where you're quoting from the Torah and you are saying things. So uh, that seems to be very important in the way you handle situations, it, diplomatically, but very important. Well, I think when you, when you bring your, your personal, uh, personal, you bring your personality into action, you become very effective. And, you know, I had very discussions with my colleagues from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Many times, I mean, Danny, we don't do that or we don't do that. Yeah. And, you know, the opposite. 
let's do that. Let's speak about the Bible. Let's speak about our uh, biblical rights to the land. Let's, and I put a yarmulke in the Security Council and read from the Bible. And, you know, I gained the respect of many Muslim ambassadors for doing that. They, right. they approached me and told me, you know, we don't speak, with, we don't agree with the content of your speech, but the fact you, you respect your religion, you know, we want to sit down and discuss it with you. Uh, and by the way, this Bible speech went viral. Um, yeah. and, and I think we should do more of that. We shouldn't be afraid of who we are. Uh, on the contrary, we should put it in the, in the front line and use it. Uh, uh, and, and that, for me, was a, a great, great point to, to transfer um, different kind of messages uh, about our rights to the land, that we are not apologetic. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we know to use also legal arguments and other diplomatic arguments that they have heard so many times. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, you mentioned about reaching out to people. I'm sure there were situations where an ambassador might see you coming and be like, oh, no, I hope he doesn't come over and want to shake my hand or, or say hello. Uh, and, and you mentioned times, as you mentioned now uh, in the book, about meeting with um, representatives of other countries in secret. On a practical note, how did you, if you wanted to meet a, 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 an ambassador of a country that was, let's say, less than friendly with Israel, uh, you know, how would you uh, how would you go about doing that uh, without the press and and other people finding out? What what was your secret to getting that done? So we had, you know, very creative uh, solutions for that. You know, we used uh, apartment of, of uh, some of my Jewish friends in the city that they were, you know, just leaving us, you know. The apartment open and we would meet there. Uh, you know, I recalled in the book, you know, an incident that I I approached a hotel to meet the ambassador from the UAE. You know, we had a hotel room that we were meeting there. Uh-huh. And in the lobby, I actually saw the media waiting there. You know, oh. dozens of reporters and cameras, and I was shocked that they're actually waiting for me. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, Kim Kardashian walked out of the elevator, <laughs> and they were all rushing after her. And I, I, I was relieved that you know. No, nobody knew that we actually were meeting there. So, <laughs> you know, it was many, many interesting and funny incidents in, in order to meet. Uh, but today I'm happy that, you know, with some of those countries, we don't have to do it that way. And, and actually, and personally, I'm very close to the leadership at the UAE. You know, I fly there a lot and we do a lot of great things for the region together. Right. Absolutely. Um Ambassador Danny Danone is uh, my guest. Uh, we have a few more minutes and some more questions. Uh, the book is In the Lion's in the Lion's Den, Israel and the World, about uh, your time in the United Nations as Israeli ambassador. Uh, I do, as I always do, I always like to thank the publicist who arranged a particular interview, in this case, Judah Engelmeyer, president of Harold uh, PR and his staff, uh, Shifra. And uh, full disclosure, <laughs> disclosure, we are Mukhutanim. His daughter, Ariel, is married to Arsanelli. So I always like to thank the people that put these interviews together. <laughs> Uh, in terms of, uh, you, you mentioned before about BDS movement and, um, and I talked about apartheid. So how do you feel when you hear representatives of probably the strongest ally to Israel in the world, the United States, um, elected officials who are free to say what they want, but they come out and, uh, and right away, call Israel an apartheid state and are pro BDS. Uh, do, have you ever had occasion to talk to some of these people? Yes, you know, I, I, I'm not shy about it, and I, I had you know strong discussions, 
you know, mainly with the European ambassadors that uh, attack Israel publicly. And I try to realize and understand why, why they are actually doing it, you know. I, and I speak a lot about, you know, France in the book. It's a very important country. Uh, you know, strong leader inside the EU, especially after the UK uh, left the EU. <clears throat> and I always try to realize where it's coming from, whether it's the Muslim population in France today, you know, wh wh why the tendency to be so uh, anti-Israel in their activities uh, in the UN. Uh, and by the way, they usually try to do it quietly. Right. That's something I, I could never accept, not from France, not from anyone else. And I know, I, I think... One of the most interesting chapters in the book is where I discuss what happened in December 2016 when Obama pushed a resolution against Israel in yeah. the Security Council. And also over there, the U.S. tried to do it behind the scenes, and I exposed it. I, I couldn't accept it that even if it was our closest ally, if you come against Israel, you know, people should know that. You should not, we should not allow people to do it uh, quietly. It's much easier for them to do it that way. Absolutely. And it is a tough thing. You also talk about the, the students on college campuses who are affected. And we know this by uh, what goes on, at least, you know, here in the United States, I'm sure around the world also. And when it comes to things like the, your connection and Israel's connection to diaspora Jewry, uh, I, I'm sure that you're very pleased with um, programs like Birthright Israel that and that in general, there should be more connection with diaspora, jewelry, the young, younger people, any any age really, of course. But uh, I'm sure that is a very important thing to build on so that people will be able to answer back on their college campuses. They've been to Israel. They know about Israel. Uh, that must be a very key part of being able to deal with this. So, you know, I, I'm an advocate from a very young age. I was a shaliach working with uh, Jewish students on campuses in Florida uh, probably 30 years ago. And I'm very connected to, to, to all of the communities around the world, for sure, here in North America. Uh, and I think we should uh, empower the students. Uh, that's why I initiated a conference inside the General Assembly to speak about BDS, to, to give tools to students and to let them know that they are not alone. Even if sometimes you feel alone. You know, I, I myself, I remember when I... I was standing behind the table with the Israeli flag on campus, and, and it wasn't easy. But uh, I knew I, I, I'm not only representing uh, uh, the group on campus, I'm representing uh, the cause. And that's exactly what we are trying to tell people, that you know, we, you are never alone. When I stood there at the UN by myself in the lion's den for five years, <laughs> I was not alone. I was uh, representing and had the support of many of the Israelis, Jews around the world, and non-Jews who support Israel. Right. As much as we, we know all about uh, how the world reacts to us, it's unfortunate, I think, that we don't have, Israel doesn't have the greatest PR to react to certain things quickly. It's At least I'm just talking about the United States, the news that we hear over here. As soon as something happens in Israel, uh, it is you know blown up and you have everybody coming out of the woodwork to castigate Israel. And uh, not enough people know how to respond to that. And I, I wish there were a way, even with BDS, for instance, when somebody claims oh, why there should be BDS and Israel's an apartheid state, I, I wish there were somewhere that, that people can go and and go to a site, a website, or whatever, where they can have the answers to give. Because it's very hard when you're listening to a politician talk about something, and uh, and you and you'd love to be able to answer it. I don't know, you know, what we could do to improve that. 
So, you know, that question will never disappear. Yeah. And, and I prefer to have uh, the high ground and the moral ground. I prefer that our IDF will be able to protect our borders and prevent terror attacks. Uh, and our diplomats will have to deal with that, you know, in the, at the UN. Right. Uh, but, but having said that, we, we have to do a better job. Uh, we have to uh, act uh, quicker. Uh, and, and I think there is no like, fast solution for that. We need people to be involved, uh, to be knowledgeable, and most importantly, to be willing to speak out. You know, many times people say, well, no, I, I will ignore it. You know, it's not, it's not my job to respond. So the apathy is, is dangerous for us. So I think if you get people involved, and that's what I'm doing a lot, you know, when I speak about the book in different places, trying to get people involved and active for Israel. Right, absolutely. And the bridges that you've built over time, uh, and, and, you know, you talk about, for instance, the, one of the major problems we have now is, is Iran and the entire accord there, uh, the nuclear accord. Uh, the way you've built bridges, it would seem that even after, God willing, in the future, the Iranian issue goes away and the uh, and, and the Arab countries, for instance, that are also scared of uh, Iranian influence maybe aren't that way. And I don't know how many years in the future that's going to happen. The bridges you've built will still be able to continue. And those countries that maybe have aligned with Israel a little bit more because of other uh, you know, so what, what's the statement? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, the the hope is that they will continue to be friends even after that enemy is gone. Uh, I, you know, for me, it was a great experience because more, many of those friends that I made at the UN, you know, they moved on and now they are ministers, head of states. So it's, you know, it, it was a great investment for Israel, especially when I brought them to Israel and showed them around you know, who knows where they will be in, in a few years, where they will be able to take crucial decisions affecting um, uh, our life. Right. Uh, that's why I'm a strong, strong advocate for bringing people to Israel. And I'm, I'm still doing it now. Uh, in my other capacity as chairman of World Likud, I led a delegation of, of ministers and diplomats. Uh, we went to the UAE, Bahrain and Israel a month ago. And it was also an amazing experience. Absolutely. I, I didn't want to get into the uh, politics in Israel now because then we'd be here for another hour and a half. But um, a few final thoughts. One is I don't want to uh, be remiss and not mention the fact that the ambassador to the United Nations from America, from the United States, Nikki Haley, wrote the foreword to your book. And as you read in the book, uh, you and she developed a tremendous friendship and, and positive working relationship. And that was extremely important in helping you do what you were able to do during that time. Yeah, Ambassador Haley, she, she's a great friend uh, for, of Israel. She you knows she stood with us and we are grateful for that. And I'm sure she will be in a very high position in the future, continuing to support Israel. And we played offense. We yeah. played offense and we won. You know, we, we condemned Hamas. We fought against Hezbollah. And I think that is the right approach at the UN, and not to to just apologize or play defense, but to take the initiative. Absolutely, I have to say that honestly, I I tried to get her to uh, to jump on today and surprise you, but unfortunately, I was not able to accomplish that. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe another time we could have both of you on, and, and that would be great. Uh, a, a couple of final uh, thoughts here. Um, if you weren't, and this is just in general, if you weren't a statesman and a politician, what would you be? You know, I, I started my career as a tour guide. You know, I, I love to travel <laughs> the land and to hike in Israel. That's where I got passionate about our history and about our future. 
So for me, you know, walking in the streets of Jerusalem or in the Judean desert, that for me would be the, the ultimate uh, second career. Wow, very nice. And you did mention, as you mentioned before, that a number of ambassadors and people in the diplomatic corps eventually go on to move into the political spectrum. So this question might be more appropriate to ask your family, but uh, could you see a prime minister, Danny Danone, in the future? Well, you know, I come from a political life. You know, I was a member of Knesset and a minister, mm-hmm. and um, I intend to go back to public service. And w- when you look at the at the list of the UN ambassadors before I assumed the position, you know, uh, one of them became prime minister, uh-huh. one of them became president, uh, one became minister of foreign affairs. So, you know, uh, any of this position, uh, uh, I will gladly and honorably uh, assume if I will have the opportunity in the future. But uh, you never know. That's what I learned. You know, I, I never knew that I would come to the UN, and, and you never know. You know uh, where we will find ourselves in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, congratulations on the book. It is a must-read. It is fascinating. There are so many things to learn from here that we did not know. Um, and this is modern history. This is recent. So anything we heard in the news about the events that you mentioned, uh, you go into detail. You tell us things behind the scenes. It is absolutely a fascinating book. I want to thank you, Ambassador Danny Danone, for joining us here on JM Sunday. And I wish you continued Hatzlacha. Good luck. And uh, the book is available everywhere that these great books are sold. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for having me for a beautiful conversation. You're welcome. Thank you again. Danny Danone, Ambassador to the United Nations from Israel. And uh, he was there from 20 to 20. Fifth, from 2015 to 2020, and uh, and his book in the Lions Den is an amazing read. So I suggest that you get it as soon as you're able to and uh, read through it. We're going to go back to the music for a little bit. Uh, Baruch Shalom is up next here on JM Sunday.
Begun here on JM Sunday, wrapping up today's show. My thanks to Ambassador Danny Danone. The new book is entitled In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. Pick it up wherever you can and whenever you can read it. It's a great, great book. Don't forget, today on the Nachum Siegel Network, 11.30 to 4 o'clock, coverage of the Celebrate Israel Parade brought by our uh, friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm. And uh, that's going to be a great program today so unless you're actually at the parade that might be a little bit better but even so while you're marching in the parade listen to the app 
listen to the coverage on the app, and you'll know what's going on <laughs> besides seeing it. And when you get up to 64th and 5th, say hi to Nachum and crew. So that's taking place today. Great programming. Until then, music until 1130. And uh, I want to wish everybody a great day, a great week, a great Shabbos. And we'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. You've been listening to Matis Weingast and JM Sunday on NahumSiegel.com right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.